Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sharon Stevens. May is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Joining me in the studio are Anna Crossland, President and CEO of the International Institute of St. Louis, and Harold Law, who first came to the United States in 1956 as a Chinese refugee. He since played quite an important civic role along with his wife, Helena, in the local community. And soon to join us will be Brett Nuryan, a St. Louis alderman who was sworn in just last month. Anna and Harold, thank you very much for being with us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Let's talk first about um, Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. A lot of people may not have heard of that. Uh, tell us, what, what what's the idea behind it? Well, it's actually Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and, and um, it, it really is a, a product of, of um, several previous uh, um, uh, federal uh, pieces of legislation. Um, here comes Brett, in fact, welcome. Uh, and uh, so we're, we're excited, we're excited about it. It started out originally as a, as a day, a week, and it's now become a month of celebrations. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's about being able to recognize a population that is, has very deep roots in the United States, but about which um, a lot of people simply don't know. And here in St. Louis, it's in fact um, a similar circ- a situation where, um, where Asian Americans have, have uh, for more than 100 years, in fact, um, been integral to the, uh, to the fiber, the cultural fiber of St. Louis. And so we think this is a really wonderful way to be able to recognize, recognize those values. Okay, thank you very much. And Brett Nurayan, a St. Louis alderman, has joined us. Thank you for Welcome. having me. Um, Brett, you're partnering with the city's recorder of deeds, Michael Butler, I believe, uh, to honor uh, St. Louis Asian Pacific Americans in a special way next Monday at City Hall. Tell us about the event itself. Sure. So it's going to be uh, Mr. Butler has uh, decided to host the, the first ever celebration of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month here in St. Louis uh, at St. Louis City Hall. Uh, and, you know, it's for a community that doesn't always see itself in the halls of government. Uh, but uh, as, as the guest pointed out, has a deep and sustained history here in St. Louis. Uh, the first ever recorded uh, Asian American here in St. Louis was Ala Lee back in 1857. Um, she, How do you know that? <laughs> you know, I, I did a bunch of research uh, before before this show, actually, and one of the interesting <laughs> things that I found uh, is that Ala Lee uh, kind of palled around with the Irish-American uh, community uh, in St. Louis here, and uh, I, I kind of thought it was interesting because part of the district that I represent, part of my ward, is the, the historically Irish-American neighborhood over in Dogtown. So I thought it was kind of mm-hmm. interesting to see that come full circle. Okay, and, and what ward is that, I'm sorry? Uh, the 24th Ward. The 24th Ward, okay, very good. Anything else about the event that... Uh, so yeah, uh, Michael Butler um, is putting it on. He uh, wants to, uh, you know, kind of show that he cares about diversity here in the city. We have... Uh, uh, Honorees including uh, Anna Crosslin, uh, Harold and Helena Law, uh, Luna Lau from Lona's Little Eats, which is a fantastic uh, place uh, here in town, uh, James Beard uh, finalist, uh, and Sushin uh, Proprisal, who uh, without, without his work, I think that, at least in my perspective, he's one of the foundations uh, here in St. Louis for the Asian community. I know that when my dad came here in the 60s, it was impossible to find uh, any of the food from, you know, where he was from in India. So 
proposals, the proposal family and Jay International, uh, they they made it possible to have a, a little bit of home here in St. Louis, which I know has gone a long way for a lot of folks in the Asian American community. Okay, I'm interested in hearing all of your personal stories. I want to start with Harold. What's your personal story? Well, I uh, I came to the United States in 1956 under the Refugee Relief Act. And uh, my wife also a refugee, and she came in 1955. And because we were considered as refugees, uh, because we came out from China in 1948. So uh, so because of that, we couldn't go back, and then uh, we were given this uh, refugee status. So uh, both my wife and I came, were married, uh, we met in the University of Michigan, where I went to school, and then the, my wife went to Michigan State. We got Those married. are rivals. And we were rivals, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I always call her, she went to a Moo school. <laughs> and uh, so we came, we married, we came to St. Louis in 1963, uh, so we stayed here ever since. Okay, Anna, how about you? Well, I'm a Japanese-American. While people know me as the director of the International Institute, uh, my heritage is actually um, from Japan. My mother is a Japanese immigrant, and my father was a a serviceman in the U.S. Air Force, a language specialist. And so they met in in Japan during the Korean War, and I was born in Tokyo. And uh, when the war was over and uh, my my, my father um, then was reassigned to the United States, uh, we came over here and I was about two and a half at the time. So, um, you know, my roots are deep in terms of Japan, lots of relatives over there. And I'm I'm involved in the community here in St. Louis. uh, And I really, it has helped me, in fact, in, in my professional life because I understand what it's like to grow up with a foot in two cultural worlds. Do you feel kind of destined to be doing what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of destiny to it, absolutely. Okay. Uh, let me get back to you, Alderman. Yes, ma'am. Um, can you give me an idea of how you think uh, St. Louis has has changed in, in terms of the communities that we're talking about? Well, uh, you know, I've I was born in 1984, and uh, when when I kind of started looking around and, and taking uh, notice of the world around me, uh, in St. Louis, there wasn't a lot for the Asian American community in terms of restaurants, grocery stores, uh, you know, uh, religious houses. Uh, and over the last 25 years, we've seen just a huge change uh, that's allowed for a whole lot more uh, inclusivity. And I think it's it's done great to bring uh, bring bigger companies to to the St. Louis region. People are interested in moving here. Now we have, you know, a, a vibrant uh, culinary uh, scene. And uh, I I struggle to think of a a uh, region whose food is not represented. Uh, now and that's been an amazing thing, uh, an amazing transformation in the region to go from, you know, it's hard to find, you know, some of the basic spices for cooking to, you know, what part of Asia would we like to uh, go to a restaurant and pick up food from tonight? Uh, it's been a really neat transformational change. Do you think that um, you could have been elected 20 years ago? You know, uh, that's one of the conversations that we had inside the campaign, uh, even even this this current uh, run. Uh, you know, ha- having never had an Asian American uh, elected official in the St. Louis area, we 
we weren't sure, you know, and uh, we decided to, to roll the dice and go with it. And, you know, the, I think the numbers spoke for themselves uh, and the the voters didn't either didn't see it as a, a major issue or or embraced it. Uh, and I'm not sure which, but they yeah. certainly didn't seem to see it as an impediment. Okay. Yeah, sure. I, I think what's happened on the south side, just my observation is that, um, you know, we started resettling refugees here in St. Louis in about 1975 with the fall of Saigon. And over that period of time, the last 40, 45 years, the, the South Side has really begun to change. And there's been a flavor of immigrants, um, ethnicity that's been added to many of the neighborhoods down there that indeed, as Brett is saying, has attracted um, uh, business people, young people, particularly people who live on the coasts, um, who moved to St. Louis for business purposes. And so they've really looked for certain kinds of things in terms of culture and opportunity. They have a, a much more global view in some ways than their parents or grandparents might have, even the people who, who have been born and bred here in St. Louis, because of that diversity that's occurred. You know, one of the biggest groups down on the South Side, not related to Asians, but of course was the Bosnian resettlement in the 90s. We actually wondered whether at that time we might see an alderman come out of some of the South districts because the number of Bosnians were so heavy, but it didn't happen. And, you know, so we're really excited about the idea that somebody, you know, with an ethnic heritage now is really on the board of, of aldermen because that that is a, a remarkable difference over, over where it's been for a, a long, long period of time. Um, an Asian heritage, it's wonderful. But really, the progressives that live down on the South Side now, um, you know, the fact that the South Grand International District is there, et cetera, which started out because of Asian business people who actually started to redevelop it, that all of this has created an environment in which this diversity is an opportunity now that you didn't see before. Do you, do you see that there are any um, lingering frustrations, stereotypes? Oh, there's absolutely stereotypes. You know, the world, the world is built on stereotypes. Um, um, regrettably, at this point, it's it, you know the we everybody has preconceptions, and the way that you begin to really um, defeat those preconceptions is because you introduce people um, to people who are not like them, and through those friendships and collaborations, then you begin to break down the stereotypes because they say, "Gee, he's not like him. Gee, she's not like him," etc. And that's what begins to to develop the relationships. Mm -hmm. How about you, gentlemen, Alderman, Harold Law, you just, do you see those kinds of things still? Yes, in the beginning, uh, they was very obvious. And uh, in my experience, uh, I find that uh, as we get along, as we know each other, uh, that becomes a little bit much better. Let me tell you a story. Uh, my wife was the first, perhaps the first Asian uh, or Chinese American uh, who taught at Sumner High School in 1963, and she taught French. And I, she told me that uh, when the student came to the classroom, they thought they went to the wrong classroom. <laughs> they never would expect that uh -huh. a Chinese lady could, uh, could uh, teach French. <laughs> so that was uh, very interesting. But then because of that, we got to know a lot of uh, uh, the uh, uh, local families and uh, their parents. So uh, that was a good... Uh, measure of our integration. Mm -hmm. Right. We have to take a break right now, and we'll be back in just a moment to talk about the contributions and growing influence of people here with Pacific Island and Asian heritage. May is a month that recognizes them. And I'm talking again with Anna Crossland, 
President and CEO of the International Institute of St. Louis, Brett Nurayan, a St. Louis alderman who was sworn in last month, and Harold Law, who first came to the United States in 1956 as a Chinese refugee. This is St. Louis on the Air, St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Now back to Anna Crossland, Harold Lynn, and Brett Nurayan. Um, now we're talking about, including Anna and Harold, there are six Asian Pacific Americans being honored at next Monday's event. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about who they are. You mentioned it, Alderman, uh, a little while ago, but let's talk about them in terms of um, changes that they've helped to make in this area. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, maybe Miss Crossland would be a better. Uh... Mm -hmm. Well, I was just. I know. I know many of the uh, recipients, and so I just wanted to say something, in fact, about about how pleased I am to be honored with them. Uh, you know, in addition to Harold and and, and Helen, um, we have some really superior um, entrepreneurs that are part of the the group that's being recognized today. Um, Suchin Prapai Silp, in fact, um, is part of a, a family, a Thai family here in St. Louis. He and his brother Jay uh, originally uh, arrived here, but there are many other family members, a sister, some others, and they are literally the link to a, a network of Thai businesses here in St. Louis. Jay International Business uh, on South Grand, but the King and I Restaurant, um, the uh, United Provisions in University City, Global Markets in Kirkwood, uh, plus many of the Thai restaurants in University City are all part part uh, part of that family's uh, empire, if we want to call it. Kiku Obata, then, who is also being recognized as a third generation um, Japanese American, whose father Gyo Obata uh, from HOK, HOK has has really been a stalwart um, visionary uh, architect here in St. Louis and around the world. But she runs a very successful graphics firm that's located on the second floor up above the pageant and um, does the design work for signage, etc., for a lot of different international and national um, projects, including, for instance, Mall of America in, in Minneapolis. Um, uh, Lona, you know, Lona Luo is uh, is uh, actually a Chinese immigrant. Um, uh, her husband is a is a um, is a St. Louisan, a native St. Louisan, who met her um, in China uh, when when he was over there teaching English. In fact, in her home province, which I believe was Yunnan, which is very close to the uh, Myanmar and Laotian border. And so, the food that she um, that she offers really has spices that are are very familiar to people from that neck of the wood from from South Asia. And uh, and it's a delight because it has a slightly different uh, twist than to uh, you know to what what other um, uh, Chinese influences are within her food as well, and it's made it really a. She shows up on all kinds of best lists, as as, as Brett said. You know, it's about it's about James Beard, but it's also very much about um, a taste that here in St. Louis is, is really unique. Absolutely, quite a diversity. Yeah, of, uh, professions and and that sort of thing, and and uh, areas of of influence. I mean, you you're going to forever be known as a trailblazer because you are a first, am I correct? Uh, that's my understanding. You know, uh, when we when we filed the paperwork to to run, we hadn't actually thought about it too much. Um, but then uh, actually Jason Rosenbaum uh, here from uh, St. Louis Public Radio got in touch with me and said, hey, I think you might be the first Asian American if you're elected. And uh, we went back and looked, and it kind of surprised me just given the, the history of Asian Americans in the United States. But then when we started looking back and seeing 
some of the bars to immigration uh, and, and, you know, ultimately to running for office that the Asian American community faced, it started to make a little bit more sense why 2019 we're, we're having the first Asian American elected rather than, you know, 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 25th or the yeah, 26th yeah. one. Um, who can tell me about Hop Alley? What is Hop Alley? Well, uh, we don't know exactly where they got the name Hop Alley, but that's an area that uh, uh, way back about 100 years ago, uh, the Chinese uh, immigrants uh, congregated, concentrated in, in, in that uh, maybe two or three city blocks. But ever since the uh, the stadium was built and uh, that p- area was uh, designated as a parking lot, so they uh, <coughs> they were dispersed. So uh, so we still don't know, or I still don't know why it is called Hop Alley. <laughs> but it, is is there something about it? that people revere or talk about uh, in such a way that it should be remembered? Uh, you know, back in those days, there was only maybe one or two uh, restaurants, and most of them uh, spread out uh, uh, hand, la- hand laundry. And I, ha- I have known people who live in, in the Hop Alley in the 1920s and 30s, and but they were not able to tell me why they... Uh, it was called Hop Alley, yeah. but uh, it was concentrated all the Chinese American. When we first came in 1963, there were only about 600 Chinese Americans in St. Louis, and now the estimation is about over 50,000 uh, Chinese American. Of course, the uh, Asian American probably over 70 or 80,000 now. Okay, so it's not an offensive term or description. No, it's well, not. No, it was okay. it was actually yeah. a segregated area of the yeah. community yeah. where. Chinese, uh, where Asians lived because they, they like many other minority um, populations, really weren't able to live as freely around the community. And so they found that there was language uh, uh, support there, and they basically operated businesses where they either sold to other Asians or where people came in then to purchase goods from them, including, as Harold just said, the, the laundries, etc. But in the 1920s and 30s, um, there was a lot of segregation um, and, and discrimination toward um, toward Asian Americans here in St. Louis. And so that really, um, that really was the nexus, if we want to call it that, of this area that became known as uh, as Hop Alley. And um, as as Harold said, when the um, stadium, when Bush Stadium was built, then um, Hop Alley was was uh, was demolished uh, in order to build one of the one of the parking lots that were there. And then people were distributed um, all over the area because they could move more in the '60s, and and that then became the beginning of certain neighborhoods like uh, um, Olive Street Road, where many of the um, Asian restaurants are located today. Uh, Annie Leung, who which, who had a, a store and a restaurant down in Hop Alley, actually moved to South Grand at the time, down by Gravoy. And so they didn't all go to University City, but they kind of dispersed at that point. Okay. We have a phone call right now. This is Tom from Afton. Hello, Tom. Hello. I'd like to ask uh, Anna and Brett if you can tell me about uh, St. Louis and who probably deserves more attention. Um, if you go to the Dogtown Veterans Memorial, you'll see a brick uh, with the name Mitsuo Saito, a Japanese-American who fought in, the, uh, in World War II on our side. <laughs> he uh, 
was in the 442nd Regiment, which uh, history buffs will know is was an all-Japanese-American regiment. Many of the people came out of the internment camps, many of the young men. And uh, Dogtown veterans have told me that after the war, uh, Mr. Saito uh, also trained uh, St. Louis police officers in judo. Huh. And uh, I know only that, and I wonder if, if uh, Brother Anna knows anything more about him. Well, you know, I don't know him individually, but I'm involved with the Japanese American Citizens League, and uh, which are comprised of many people who actually their their parents and grandparents arrived here in St. Louis from internment camps. Um, at, you know, at the end of World War II, there were two internment camps in Arkansas, Jerome and w- Rower, which were relative, uh, which were located relatively close to St. Louis, and so um, it became a destination for some of those individuals who. Um, after the war, uh, were, were, were quite frankly encouraged not to return to the West Coast. And um, St. Louis had offered opportunity at that point for these people to be resettled. And, um, uh, you know, in fact, uh, Kiku Obata, who's being recognized on Monday night, her, her grandfather, um, um, Chiura, and, and father, Gio, um, came to St. Louis initially uh, because of the relocation from the camps, and and Gio was one of the first Japanese Americans who were who was uh, who was offered resettlement uh, and and um, uh, attended the uh, School of Architecture at Washington University. So it really, it, there is a tie in there. But this that individual in particular, I don't know, but but I'm sure that he was involved with that community. Uh, one of the uh, things that I love about uh, Dogtown is that it has a historical society and a historian and uh, I've, I've taken down Mr. Sieto's name and you've given uh, the, the Dogtown historian a, a new homework project because I definitely want to know more about his uh, contributions to the area. Well I'll tell you um, our time's about to wind down here but before we go uh, Brad I'd like you to just reiterate what's what's going on next Monday and give us the details. So from 6 to 8 Michael Butler is hosting the first ever uh, celebration of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month uh, here at St. Louis City Hall. Um, it's the uh, it's respon- uh, sponsored by the Recorder of Deeds. Um, there's going to be uh, food there from Lona's, Lona's Little Eats, music by DJ Agile One. Uh, the event is free, but it's ticketed, uh, so make sure that you uh, you get tickets to it. Uh, but it should be a great time. I know that uh, there's a lot of folks looking forward to it, and I certainly am. And it's in the rotunda? Yes, ma'am. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. I want to thank Anna Crossland, Harold Law, and yeah. Brett Norian for joining me today. Thank you all for being here. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.